Hi, I'm Casey Weston, and I'm your guest today on Music Studio Live. Coming up on this episode of Music Studio Live. Please keep talking. took a little time to myself because it really broke my heart in a lot yeah. of ways. I didn't touch my guitar for probably like four months. Oh no. I like to be silly and light. You were and trying to be cute. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying. I am cute. I mean, So over the course of my entire life, how to, and it's hard, to love myself. Well, you know this, getting anywhere on time. <laughs> <laughs> right there with you. Right? Rolling. Here we go. Hi guys, my name is Daryl. I'm a drummer and producer, and I started a podcast with my friend Sarah called Music Studio Live. Together we talk with singer-songwriters and music makers about all things related to music. We hope you enjoy the show, and here we go. Hey guys, welcome to Music Studio Live, episode one. Yeah! I'm Daryl Nutt. And I'm Sarah Hattica. And we have a great guest for you today. We have Casey mm -hmm. Weston. Uh, she was from the first season of The Voice. Um, she lives in Nashville now. She's a awesome singer songwriter. She's become a very good friend of mine and now a friend of yours. We're in a band together called Gypsy and she is phenomenal in that group. Oh, she's ridiculously phenomenal in that it's group. It's a, um, Fleetwood Mac, the music of Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac. Mm -hmm. It's not a tribute band. It's honoring the music. We don't dress up like why would you? Well, Stevie Nicks, I guess you could dress up like her. She has the flowing, yeah, it's cool, flowing things. But um, we played a couple songs for you, uh, Casey's originals that mm -hmm. nobody's ever heard. They're not on any CDs anywhere. They're only here. Yep, which is pretty cool. And um, I just I have a couple questions for you, actually, right out of the gate. Oh man, I discovered. Two, oh no, two days ago I discovered that I think I have OCD. Because, check it out, check it out. See these bracelet-y things I have? Mm -hmm. I discovered myself, and it freaked me out because I realized I put them on a certain way every day, and if I don't put them on in that order, I take them off again and put them on that That's order. That's really weird. But what does this have to do with me? Do you have any OCD things? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do, too. <sighs> That's a really good question, actually. You know what? I have to say, in, I ask from your, my perspective... Should I ask and, your husband? <laughs> well, that's what that's oh, where okay. I'm going with this, because in my eyes, I don't really think I have any sort of right. OCD at all. Idiosyncrasies. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't put my rings on a certain way. Actually, I'll look at my hands, and they're like on the wrong fingers <laughs> at oh, okay. the time. Um, you don't check the doorknob a million times. You don't. I don't. Um, the most of the time, I'll you know not have locked the door. Oops, did I say that? <laughs> um, a lot of times, I will. I don't know. I'm late all the time for things. Kind of like what Casey talks about in the episode. You just actually. put that out there in the world. Now everybody knows you're going to be late. Well, good. <laughs> they need to know now because, yeah, otherwise everyone's waiting for me and they're mad. So um, so I need to tell you 15 minutes ahead of time earlier. I've actually been pretty on, on time for, for things for, as far as this goes because this is fun. So been a, It's been a nice, um, since this is the first episode, it, it's been a lot of work and a lot of learning. And Oh, my goodness. I, I'm, I'm a host of a show 
co-host Scary. of a show. And yeah, I've never done that before. So so there will be some mistakes and stuff. We talk about that on the, the About Us episode, mm-hmm. zero, zero. But um, there was, a, a, during the Casey interview, um, when we were setting up, Sarah and they wanted coffee basically. So they mm. made a coffee run, Sarah and Casey. And I told them, try not to talk about any, don't talk about any stories because save them for the podcast. Right. Um, we don't want to hit on a subject twice in the same day, you know? So they recorded themselves on the phone, not talking, being silent. And it, yeah, it was weird. And it's awkward. And, <laughs> but they actually break the silence, but they, told me that they did not talk about anything at all. They didn't listen to music. They didn't do anything. And I believed them. And you'll find out in the episode that they actually come clean. So I'm glad they did. But let's go ahead and play the uh, the video here. So there they are, not talking. <laughs> I have to say we're pretty, we're pretty cute. Yeah, it looks cool. Where are you holding the phone? On the window? Yeah, I'm just on the on the sill. Where did I go? Uh, uh, oh, turn right. Oh, okay. and then you See, almost got lost. That's the problem. <laughs> I was having to give so directions. Much. Right. It's really hard not to talk. It's impossible. Wow. And then I realized it's impossible not to talk. She needed to know where to go, and if I'm not we'll speaking, then <laughs> we're never going to find coffee ever. Yeah, I guess I could have used <laughs> hand movements. So actually, um, it was funny because my son had um, a homework assignment, which was to spend 15 minutes not speaking and communicating in a different manner. And of course, you know, that includes eye movements and hand signals and things like that. And, you know, you couldn't write it down. You had Well, actually, we did. We eventually had to write things. And he's so funny because he's in kindergarten. So he just phonetically spells things. Oh, right. So it's it's really cute, actually. (laughs) But it was I was cracking up because he accidentally blurted things out probably five times. Yeah, it's hard not to talk. Yeah, it is. And as a singer, too, sometimes we have to rest our voices. Right. So that is one of the hardest things ever. It's so hard. I'm kind of a blabbermouth. Have, so. have you ever met somebody, though, that they are completely thinking before they say anything, and when they say something, it's a it's the perfect thing to say? I, I know some people yeah. that I when, when I'm in the room with them, I wish I could be that oh, person. Oh, I know. I just blurt stuff out. Oh, me too. All the time, mostly inappropriate stuff. <laughs> but, um, but that's why we all love you. Well. Kind when, of. Yeah, kind of. As long as we know you're joking. For a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm always uh, I'm always joking, just so you know. Okay, so can you tell me how old were you when you first played a gig? Paying gig? Because I played a lot of well, gigs that weren't paying. No, I want to know your first time ever in front of an audience oh, I can tell you that story. playing in a band. I don't know if I've told you the story. Um when I was, I believe I was nine, I may have just turned 10, mm-hmm. back in near Buffalo where I'm from, they have things things called jamborees every Sunday Cute. for volunteer fire companies to raise okay. money because it's volunteer fire companies. They're spread out because there's not, everything's spread out, very rural. <clears throat> How do you say rural. that word? Rural. That's a hard <clears throat> one. Excuse me. Rural. I can't even say rural. the word. Rural. <laughs> Outskirts. <laughs> How's that? That'll work. Um so I was nine or ten. My mom and I had just moved from Florida back okay. back to New York, and 
there was a little talent contest at the Jamboree. Ooh, cute. And I was entered into it to play drums. I played drums. I won. No, that's great. Guess what I won? Let me guess. I'll just tell you. Oh, a pair of cowboy boots. I won a big, fat bottle of Mogan David wine. No. That was the prize. <laughs> I guess they didn't think a kid was going to be in well, the Well, uh, of course contest. you gave it to your mother. It was in our fridge for years, and I think she just threw it out. Oh, wow. Awesome. But that was also the first time in my life that I had chicken wings for the first time. Ooh, and they were mild. And they were in Buffalo. And they were mild. Yeah, I don't. they, they weren't even, this was uh, 79, so they weren't even around the, the world yet. That makes you 83 right now? Yeah, exactly. My birthday is coming up. <laughs> um, but I had chicken wings for the first time, and they were mild, and mm-hmm. it burned my lip, and I started crying. I won a talent show, and I cried. <laughs> Because chicken wings were too hot. <laughs> and you couldn't even enjoy your grand prize. No, not at all. I don't even think there was money involved. I think it was just the wine. I'll have to confirm with my mom, but wow. Cool. Good story. So that's my first professional memory of playing in a band with other people with an audience. Do you want to know what my first prize was? Of course I do. In life? <clears throat> Okay, so this has nothing to do with music, but I'm very proud. <laughs> okay. So when I was little, I think I might have been eight or something. And there was a little miniature golf course down the street from where I grew up. It was really cute. And I loved going, but I was just not so great at it. I don't know. I just... How old were you? I don't know. Maybe eight or something. Oh, okay. Maybe I was younger. I probably was younger because now that I think about it, I should have been pretty good at miniature golf at eight. <laughs> but anyway, so my parents signed me up for a mini golf camp. Oh. So I could, you know, hone my skills. So, or actually figure out how to have skills. So needless to say, <laughs> I went through the camp and at the end of the camp, I won a trophy. Wow. And it was for most improved, Aww. which means I was... Terrible, was terrible when and, I started. And the program worked. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's cool. It's exciting. Awesome. The only other thing I want to actually mention before we get into the Casey interview is it's our very first episode, and we totally forgot to do breaks for sponsor breaks. So yeah. the editing is pretty quick. It just We just stop it's talking, good. and then it goes to a commercial. <laughs> it's good. It's perfect. <laughs> but uh, I just want people to be aware that... It's our first one. We're going to make some mistakes, and who cares? It'll be fine. It'll just get better and better and better. Yes. And um, Like your fine wine that you won. <laughs> <laughs> a kid should not win a bottle of wine <laughs> at nine years old. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and we took it home. That's the weird thing. And never drank it <laughs> as far so, as my memory. Yeah. I, I didn't recollect. Well, we really hope you enjoy the interview and the songs. Yes, with Casey Weston. And this is Music Studio Live, episode one. Don't forget to subscribe. Right. Exactly. Okay, here's the interview. (laughs) You're tuned in to Music Studio Live. Welcome, Casey. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. Yes. Uh, I love you, girl. I love you, too. I think I love you. You All right. Well, we already love each other. (laughs) You do. After that silent car ride, right? That was close. that was so <laughs> difficult. Did you really do a silent car ride? Yeah. How can you not? I could not keep my mouth shut for a whole. We car didn't ride. even listen to music. It was just yeah. road creepy. noise. That I was hope it. you did record it. I'd just love to see that. Yeah, of course. Silence. 
So, Casey, you remember that time you were on The Voice? That was awesome. Very faintly, but <laughs> yes. Know. That was a loaded question. <laughs> I kind of know how you feel about that experience. But um, I do want to get The Voice stuff out of the way because yeah. a lot of people have your name associated with that show. Right. Um, from the first season. So um, that was seven years ago. Yes, it was Holy 2011. Wow. wow. I know. Um, what hurdles did you face after the show was over? having that touch of fame, that brush with fame? You know, it was weird because, I mean, for so many people, what they think is reality. From their mm -hmm. perspective, you're on a TV show and that's your success. And that was never, ever it to me. Uh, I, I started playing open mic nights and I loved that. Mm -hmm. And to go on a TV show when I never auditioned for America's Got Talent, American Idol. I could have. I was the sure, age. Sure, I didn't want to be on reality TV. I don't like reality TV. I, I just, I don't, I don't like it. And so I auditioned for fun. And then, you know, you make it past one round and the next round. So you kind of, inside I was like, well, I might as well see how far I can get. But did I ever want to do it? No. And when they, you know, lead a question, like, tell us why this is the most important yeah. moment of your life. I'm thinking in my head, this it is wasn't. BS. <laughs> yeah. This is not. This is a very small portion right. of what's to come. And this is a load of hooey. I'm not allowed to sing the songs I want to sing. Um, there's, just, there's just so much behind the scenes that people don't realize when it's a reality TV show. Like, I mean, Survivor, my dad always used to joke with my mom, you know the camera crew's sitting right in front of them eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You know exactly. what I mean? It's Absolutely. like, it's not what you think. Yes, they're starving, but that's the show. Yeah. So, right. Well, and you progressed pretty far, so you got a lot of reality TV shows. You know what I mean? Uh, episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first season was very, very quick overall. Oh, it was a shorter one. It was a shorter season. They've since then lengthened it they've added more things to it the battle round they've got i think saves or something like that yeah. i don't know uh but for that for that season i made it as far as i could without being in the finals mm -hmm. um were you able to keep friendships and have they changed since you were on tv honestly it was weird because i had a boyfriend in high school that wanted to be free the end of the our senior year yeah. and then suddenly when i was on tv he was falling mm. all over uh. himself showing up at my window like <laughs> bringing a ring and saying you know i promise to love you forever and i'm oh like my gosh. you're full of it yeah you know you don't you don't want me you want me because other people want me and that has always been something that i've been very sensitive to because i want people to like me for me mm -hmm. um not for the way i appear not for sure. what i do we all want Absolutely. that exactly. I, I hope exactly you know we're, we're human beings we're all souls and you know just because we're we're talented at one thing or the next doesn't mean we're any better or any different than anybody it's just what we love and what we um you know choose to put our time and our love and our passion to and sometimes we're good at what we love I know your mom and dad. I love your mom and dad. They're awesome. How did they meet? Do you know how they met? Actually, I do. Ah. When they were 18, my mom was playing beach volleyball in Siesta Key, and my dad saw her and asked to play against uh, her. And I think he played with her friend, so they played mixed doubles, and she played with his friend or something. And my mom was a beast, huh. and she always says she was <laughs> dating the king of the beach, and he was dating Miss Fort Lauderdale. And... Wow. She, my mom kind of always kind of said, 
that she was like this this girl that my dad was dating was like so pretty and stuff and I'm like mom you're beautiful but she kind of said they both had these superstar all-stars but then they really just they connected with each other they met and then they went to coffee I believe and talked for like six hours straight yeah oh that, wow that's a cool mm-hmm. cool first uh, date type who thing. won yeah. the volleyball game Probably my mom. <laughs> I would say I, I could bet probably a thousand dollars on that. That's, probably that's awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna jump around on a couple of things here because, uh, what are you not very good at? Ooh, well you know this, getting anywhere on time. <laughs> <laughs> right there with you. Right. Um, I read somewhere that it, it's intelligent people that are always late, but sure. um, <laughs> I'm just gonna go with that and run. I, I'll take that. Definitely that. Being on time is tough for me. And then, let's see, what else am I not very good at? Hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things. I don't, I haven't attempted to cook, really. I was going to ask you about that. 25 years old typically don't yeah. do your own cooking very often. I, I make oatmeal like a boss. Noodles, I can boil, <laughs> and I crush it in that department. But I really haven't taken a lot of time to cook because when I first moved to Nashville at 18, I was on the road almost for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So you, you don't really have an ability to cook in a hotel room. Right. No. Hot plate, that's all you got. Yeah. I brought a blender. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. What's the last gift that you gave someone? Well, I'm about to give a gift to one of my best friends in Nashville. Uh, she just had a little girl in oh. October, and she named her Summer Woods. And my middle name oh. is Woods. And when nice. they met me... I go by Woods. Yeah. So she told me, one, that she was pregnant, and then, two, that they were naming their daughter after me. That's sweet. Yeah. It was really great. And I was like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> but she said, you know, you're you're always positive and happy, and you love life, and we would love our daughter to turn out like you. And so I, uh, I just got her this little tutu that's handmade from a lady oh. uh, that I saw at a farmer's market, and it's... This like seafoam green, pink, and a really hot pink with like little ties on it. So, and she can grow into it as she gets older. And I loved playing dress up. I would wrap mm-hmm. around like these different fabrics on myself and make my sister hold a flashlight while I sang My Heart Will Go On on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just wanted to give Summer Woods the same opportunity to That's dress awesome. up. Yeah. I'm going to jump around because I have a, a lot of interesting okay. questions. Um, what's the craziest job? Or worst job you've ever had? At 25, you haven't oh had a ton gosh. of jobs, have you? No, because, you know, I started singing. Started singing. Basically, all my friends were hostesses at different restaurants, and I started playing at bars and grills, and that was kind of my first job. Of course, I babysat, and I never let them choose the movie. I always like to choose it. <laughs> so I was not the best babysitter, I'm sure, but uh, I think my worst job would have to be I was making smoothies in Nashville, and uh, I, I was taking some time off of music because I got in a really bad management contract where the guy just did, just kind of said, you know, stick it where the sun don't shine. Basically, you're going to have to stick with me. Oh, and, geez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a good feeling because I've always just been like upfront and real and try to be uh, as honest. And it, it was nothing personal. It's just that it wasn't the right fit. Yeah. And so uh, I kind of took a little time to myself because it really cr- broke my heart in a lot yeah. of ways. I didn't touch my guitar for probably like four months. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah, it was really sad. And I was making smoothies, and I can't help this, but anything I do, I work really, really hard at it. Yeah. So I would be running around just like cleaning all these smoothie containers and like, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And everyone else would be do do do. And <laughs> I was working at three different 
locations and I never knew which location I was going to be at. And oh. you have to be there sometimes at like 630 in the morning. Oh, geez. And so I would either have to be on this whole side of town or this whole side of town or downtown. And I have to walk a mile. And I, uh, again, was not very punctual. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. So what happened? I just got really good at making smoothies. <laughs> Did you get fired? Did you get oh, fired? definitely. That was <laughs> my first time getting fired. And basically, my manager came up to me and I said, I know I'm fired. Know she goes, this coming. is the easiest. She's like, can I make you a smoothie? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you can. This is me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I was really, really relieved to be fired. <laughs> it's like a good breakup. Yeah. 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 I was like, thank God you said <sighs> goodbye. Because I needed to go. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about, um, obviously, songwriting. Mm -hmm. It's music studio right. live. So mm -hmm. um, how did you end up with your first guitar? Was it a gift or did you want one? I wanted to learn how to play because there was a girl that was on my volleyball team and her mom was get getting her lessons. Oh, I want to get back to volleyball. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so... I thought, well, I've always loved to sing, and I always, I mean, I always loved to sing and wanted to put on performances, and I asked my mom, I said, hey, you know, can I learn how to play guitar? And she said, well, I'll get you a guitar. So she works at an elementary school, and she borrowed a guitar oh, nice. from the music department, and I mean, it you was just got really your mom fired. crappy. Yeah. <laughs> I know, well, I mean, we don't know what school she was at, oh, there you you know? go. so, and we returned it, too. There you go. So, no harm, no <laughs> foul. But that was my first guitar was because I mean, I lasted probably one dance like season. I don't know what those are even called, but dancing wasn't for me. Gymnastics. I lasted one day. The teacher didn't give me a star. Oh. She gave everyone else a gold star. And just because I can't do what are those things called? Cartwheels. Cartwheels. Ooh, I can't do cartwheels right? either. Who needs to do that? I, have I can tried totally a do cartwheels. Million times. The you don't want to see it. But... I crush. But... Me too. I <laughs> yeah. actually I was telling you a story about how. Oh. When remember when I? I think you did one in, on the studio floor. <laughs> I think I actually did because when I was a kid, I had to do a gymnastics routine, like a routine. Yeah. I did two hundred somersaults. No way. Yep. That's amazing. That was it. I don't. That think was the whole routine, though. That was really the whole routine. Uh, that's over probably over and over and over and over and over and over and over. I think I was the girl that kind of went like this because, you know, Look I think me. we had the um, we had groups in PE to do the routines. Yeah. So they gave me the kind of. Look at her do a cartwheel and look at her do a back handspring. I was just kind of there, like opening my arms up, like yay, yeah. go team! <laughs> Ta -da. So, so you did play volleyball and stuff, yes. Like, like your parents, did they push you into that, or it was just naturally you needed to try it? You know, because your sister plays volleyball. Yes, I was around it. I, I grew up walking around on the beach watching my mom crush volleyballs and being such a beast. And she was sponsored by Outback and Oakley and. She said she can't remember wow. or can't recall how many pairs of Oakleys I snapped as a baby <laughs> because I was a pretty rough baby and she would just like give me stuff to appease me and I would sure. snap them. They're free. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love the sport. I still love the sport. Up in Nashville, I just joined a beach uh, volleyball tournament oh, wow. night and it's like a season for, for people that want to continue playing and I've always loved it and it is so much fun and you get exercise and I like to do that because I'm so busy with music all the time sometimes it's really hard to be physically active and so to do something I want enjoy miss and want to get to play sometimes I mean I, I I still I still love it but yeah I feel like my parents were just 
they're they're both volleyball players. It was a natural thing yeah. for me to do. That's yeah. what I figured, but I, we had to ask you. Yeah. Um, when you won the Colgate Country Showdown, it was like the first talent show kind of thing you did mm-hmm. that you won. Um, was that was there a prize, a paying prize for that? No. What was your first paying gig, if that wasn't it? Um, I think it was like probably around that time, or no, it was before that. I like Blue Monkey. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Down yeah, in right, town. Right. Yeah. In so. I used to, I played in church with TJ Jones. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that Great either. bass player. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. So we, um, I was playing in church and then their lead singer, Brandon Anthony, was double booked. Okay. Oh. So they asked me because they knew I could sing. They said, do you want to cover the first half of the set and mm-hmm. we'll pay you, what, 50 bucks? And I was like, I'm rich. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, and so <laughs> um, I, I did the first half and then he would come and then we'd switch off, off and on on songs when he got there. But then by doing that at the Blue Monkey, they asked me to play my own. And so I started cool. playing my own acoustic shifts and gigs there. Awesome. How old were you? I think I was probably 15. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So and at that point, you were playing guitar and everything, too? Yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. I mean, Did who knows how well, but <laughs> right. I, I went to different people. Yeah. I can't recall. Did- but did I started ever, it first. Did Ray ever teach you lessons? No, but he, he tried to. Yeah, you. he he tried to kind of give me pointers here and there. Mm-hmm. Our friend Ray Nesbitt, that's uh, sit, sat in on the musical segment yep. of the show. Great mm-hmm. player. Um, okay, I have a surprise for you. Oh goodness. Or we have a surprise for you. Okay, I'm not used to I being a to co-host breathe. or a host. <laughs> um, let's see where it is here. So we asked some of your friends uh, some questions to ask you on the podcast here. Oh no. What inspired you to write a song about Doritos? <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> you got to tell us now why that's hilarious. Um, there is a song that is called Bilar Comigo. Mm-hmm. And a couple of my friends, every time I play it, they call <laughs> it the I Love Doritos song. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't about Doritos, but Doritos are amazing. So... That's a whole new song that needs to be written. <laughs> mm-hmm. She also had an actual question that okay. wasn't supposed to be a loaded question. What are three things on your bucket list that you haven't done yet? I'm sorry, that's from Kathleen. Sorry. Uh, Elberson. Three things. You haven't done, you know what a bucket list is? Yes. <laughs> when yes. you die? Yes, Daryl. What you need I to do before you die? I know what a bucket list is. Let's see. Uh, three things. I would like to maybe... I. I always said I would never want to bun- or not bungee jump, uh, skydive, mm-hmm. because I thought, that's just silly. Why jump out of a plane? I mean, there's no point. Just stay on the ground. But I dated this one guy once, and it lasted a whole wonderful, love-filled two weeks, <laughs> and pretty much like all my relationships. And at that time, you know, the love was real for me. I know that. Mm-hmm. And... It made, he made me want to, and even though it was only two weeks, I know, I sound crazy, but I'm an artist, so we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It made me want to live. I wanted to Do experience stuff. everything. I wanted to really, truly, fully live and experience. And if that meant jumping out of a plane, I suddenly wanted to do it. Of course, with the parachute on. Well, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of so have to have that. That's one. And then I would love to win a Grammy one day. I think that would be really, yeah. really cool. Nice. Uh, I don't want to, you know, have a have a life that I can't walk my dog in a bra and underwear on a dead end street because that's how I grew up. We just we. I mean, my mom being a professional beach volleyball yeah. player, 
a bathing That's suit was issue. normal. Yeah. Yeah, standard and growing issue. up in Southwest Florida, it's hot. You wear as little as possible. Mm. So it's not a weird thing. But to, to have a level of fame and um, people knowing you that you can't even kind of go to the grocery store, I don't want that. But I would love to be successful and um, respected mm-hmm. for what I love and what, I'm work, what I work on. Yeah. That's very fair. So let's see. What's three? What's three for my bucket list? I don't know. I just, I think I would love to, and I, I, I guess these are just things I would love to do. Uh, with my success, I'd love to rescue as many animals as possible. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> so she mentioned dating. Dating. Are yes. you dating anyone now? <clears throat> Sorry no. for clearing my throat. My <laughs> no, first podcast. Uh, no, I'm not dating anybody. Well, I mean, if someone asked me out on a date... I love food, so... <laughs> Can Sarah and I ask you I out know, on right? a date? Yes, let's go get some food. But no, I mean, my thing is, I don't think I've ever really... I've never dated anyone for longer than three months. Mm-hmm. And I had my dad's friend ask me why once. And I told him, at, at a certain point when, when you date someone and you get to know these different things about them and there's something fundamentally very different about you two and that you're thinking black and he's thinking white and that's never going to change the shades aren't going to go gray it's it's just going to be that that's who you are so race doesn't matter <laughs> no it d- definitely doesn't <laughs> um but i don't know i just i, I just don't <clears throat> want to waste anybody's time i don't want to be unfair to someone and i don't want someone to be strung along by me and i feel like for so long i didn't really know what love is and i still i'm not i'm not sure um, that I've ever really, t- I, I know I've loved people, but being in love, I don't know if I've, um, I've loved somebody and wanted them to love me back, but I don't think I've ever had that. And you haven't found that perfect fit yet. No. And, and that's okay. I, I, uh, I always say I want someone, yeah. but I sure as hell don't need someone. Right. So sounds like a song lyric. It does. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a song called call someone with my friend, Angela Marie and, the lyrics are, I could call someone, even hold someone, maybe whisper in their ear, I want to love someone. I could kiss some lips that I'll never miss for a temporary high that leaves me low. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be alone. That's great. And it's not something people hear people say very often, I'd right. rather be alone. Right. right. But I would rather be somewhat lonely than with someone that, you know what, I genuinely, I'm just, you're just there, just so no. that I'm not alone. Yeah. I have learned over the course of, my entire life, how to, and it's hard to love myself and give myself a break and just say, you know what? You're not perfect, but you got you. Yep. You got yep. you. I'll look in the mirror and I'll say, Casey, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. And it's like, I'm talking to my little girl self when I feel insecure or I feel like someone was mean to me or whatever happens. It, this, this industry is not easy Mm-mm. and it's almost like a daily heartbreak every day, but it's also so much love too but i need you need to love yourself and so i just uh i'm alone and i'm okay with that yeah amen amen Mm -hmm. i do want to talk about the songs real quick that we performed together here in the studio in music studio live Mm -hmm. i feel like vanna white you're doing you're doing what i did in the gymnastics (laughs) performance here it is (laughs) we did a song called cocaine give us the premise of this song so um, a friend up in Nashville, she dated someone that had an issue with cocaine, mm-hmm. and I dated someone that had um, an issue with different substances. 
and other issues entirely. But I think that the cocaine, the song cocaine is really about that person that there's something that they are so um, lost in that it's taking them away from you. And sure. if that wasn't there, any addiction, right? Any yeah. any addiction, it's taking them away from you, and there's no way for you guys to have this amazing thing because there's something that's loved more, mm-hmm. and and it's not like that person wants to love it more. And I feel like it, you know, to to use a substance to have any sort of, um, you know, if you have an eating disorder or anything like that, again, it's something inside. That is hurting. You were filling yeah. a void. You were drinking to forget. You are um, getting high so that you um, aren't thinking about these things or so that you don't feel bad, so that you feel happy or whatnot. So there's something broken or hurt or lost in someone's soul. And so we wrote this song about how much you can love someone and how you can try to be there for them and sit there and just say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk you out of this, but I'm your cocaine. I'm right. The cocaine. Yeah. And, and, and it, it can go from all different, you know, all different people. My, my, when I, when I was writing the song with um, the two co-writers, I was pulling from my experience with dating, you know, an older guy that, I, I mean, I loved him so oh, I know who it much, is. so much. And, and he, um, <laughs> and, and I wanted to be enough for him. I wanted to be enough. And I yeah. just, and there was nothing, I could not because he, he, he couldn't let me be enough. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that, I had to save myself. So it was like that, that line in the song, I can't help you. Yeah. Cause I need help too. And he's like, and then my goddamn addiction sure won't let me win. Like me loving him and wanting him so much was literally going to kill me. I was going to go down into the darkness. Yeah. And there's the, like, there was this quote, you know, like, um, she's dancing with the devil, but she knew exactly who she was dancing with. I mean, I wanted to, to not to save him, but to show him, like, look how good life mm-hmm. is when it's just you and me sitting on the couch. You know, yeah, we can have a glass of wine and chill and, you know, like, we... We we connected and he was weird. He was weird like me. Like he would dance. He was and a ten. I I once like showed my mom how he was he how he danced and it was hilarious to me. And I mean you know <laughs> Can you some, show us. No, just kidding. I, I would, but I, I don't want him again. <laughs> but um, you know it's it's about kind of saving saving yourself and also just you know your cocaine. You can't you can't make that into a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Music Studio Live presents Casey Weston performing her song. Cocaine. I can't stop you from doing what you're doing. Those wild mountains, they Such a good thing Every other minute You stop and look up at me I was begging me for mercy You can't stop caving in You say please keep talking Those thin white lines don't let 
Visit our website at musicstudiolive.com. There you'll find all of our social media links. This is Music Studio Live. I want to talk a little bit about your process of songwriting. Okay. Um, we, had, we actually had a question about that from uh, Lexi, the, the girl we were talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, she wanted to know, do you write at a certain time of day as a ritual? No, not really. My schedule is always so all over the place, and I do a lot of co-writing in Nashville yeah. as well. I think every time I got a new guitar or just even plugged into my amp or set up my microphone, I feel inspired at different times. Then I'll just be singing something in my head, and I'll run to the guitar and write it down. Yeah. And it's just it comes from all different moments and all different times. I do like writing a lot at night. But mm. it's kind of hard to be loud, and my voice is a little loud. <laughs> so I think Lexi writes a lot at, at night. Yeah, and she's only like fourteen. I think that's normal for is creative that normal people. for creative yeah. people? Yeah, people like the night. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm not very creative. Oh shush. No, I write at night. No, I mix your music at night. Yeah. So there. Exactly. Yeah. You're doing creative. Things. Do you um do you start with a melody or is it 
I mean, songwriters get asked this all the time, and I think the answer is it's always different. It is. It's, kind of, it's always different. I, you know, a lot of people have different stuff. They they will come into a write and just have a a sentence or an idea or a direction or a theme. A catchphrase. Or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, something that they heard. And there was one song that I wrote with um, two of my best friends, Angela Marie and uh, my friend Jennifer Smestad. I think that's how you, I can't, I can never pronounce her last name. It's difficult. It's S M E S T A D. Jennifer. But Jennifer. Yes, Jennifer. We wrote this song called The Magic. And the twist on it was that there's magic and then there's dark magic. Mm-hmm. And so it was like the twist on the Cinderella story where the Prince Charming, he wasn't Prince Charming. He was a jerk. It was black magic. I mean, and the magic was black is what we say yeah. in the song. And oh, that gives me goosebumps. Because yeah. she recorded it and I can't wait to hear it. She says I can hear it next week when I go back up to Nashville. But um, I don't know. It's And we kind of, when we, when we write as the three of us, and it's different for everybody... We kind of do a little therapy session. They both have very serious, happy relationships. And I'm over here like, so this is what happened. <laughs> um, and so we'll just kind of talk for a while. And then something will spark one of our brains. And we'll just say, wait, what did you just say there? And what about if we did? And then suddenly it'll go into something else. And Like I just said, that sounded like a song. Lyric. Mm-hmm, right. Exactly. A minute ago. Yeah. So how do you meet these people who you write with? And what happens during a write? A co-write. Um, well, it depends. Some people don't play guitar. Mm-hmm. Some people play piano. Uh, some people are just lyricists and don't sing. Right. Your last producer was a drummer, mainly, right? Yes, he was. And, and also a writer. But mm-hmm. uh, he, he's a, one of the top session players in Nashville. Drummer. He plays on everybody's record now. I mean, just everyone. He crushes it. And uh, I love him. His name's Evan Hutchings, and he's I got. I just sent him a friend request. Oh, did you really? Ago, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's. Did he accept it? Nope. <laughs> oh no. Well, I'll have to. Uh, Not I as mean, of yet. I think he's got a serious he girlfriend now, uh, and he's just a funny, cool dude. But yeah, he, him, and I wrote, and then we wrote a lot. Of, we wrote a couple songs based on tracks because he. He make, makes right. backing okay. tracks, basically. And so, yeah. some, like, there was one time that we wrote, and he set up a mic, and I just kind of sang, and then it was that was a really cool way to write, I love too. that way of writing. You feel very free, Actually, and it feels very flowy. Mm-hmm. That CD right there with Heather Brooks, that's how we, we did that. Oh, I wrote wow. all the music, yeah. gave it to her, and, and she, went she, for it. she wrote all these amazing songs. That's really <laughs> cool. Yeah, there's so there's, I feel like... There's so many different ways, and music is so opinionated too. Mm-hmm. Someone can say that's the best song in the world, and someone can say that makes my ears bleed. Absolutely, right, right. Yeah, that's the great and bad thing about it, I guess. So I am curious. You've had some short relationships. Have mm-hmm. you ever dated anyone who is actually a musician? Hmm. I don't know if I have. I don't think. I mean. I have not had that many boyfriends. Well, maybe I have. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I, I, like I said, I used to think, oh, you know, they like me, so I should like them. Or I, I don't even know. I just, I think that I really, after The Voice, that was really tough on me. Very, very emotionally tough. Mm-hmm. Because suddenly, even though it wasn't even that much, I mean, it was the shortest season ever. And I, I mean, I made it to the top eight. I was last two on Team Adam, but... Who cares? You know what I mean? I thought, like, there's no value in this. It's just something I did. It's just something to say, oh, yeah, I did it. And um, 
I, and you're still so young. There's plenty more to come. Right. Oh, yeah. I, and I wanted people to love me for me. And so I just, I don't know. I think I, I didn't, I don't think I've ever dated anybody that was an artist or a, a songwriter or anything like that. I think, you know, a lot of people that are drawn to fame yeah. mm-hmm. are, and I hate to say this, and I feel badly saying this. Not really, I don't. Um, <laughs> they're depraved. They're, they've got a hole in their heart. Yeah, it's, a per, yeah, it's, it's their problem. They need so much love and so much, so many people, all these strangers saying, you're good enough. Right. We love yep. you. I could care less. I would love for people to enjoy my music. and But, you know, if you don't like what I look like or if you don't like what I say, cool. I don't, I don't care. I love me. I've got a God who loves me. I've got an awesome dog. I got everything I need. My family's awesome. You know, I am so blessed. And so I think that, and I've done so much work on my soul and my heart because of going through this mental thing saying like, what does this mean? Right. Am, Mm -hmm. Am I worth it even though I am not selling out arenas? Can I be happy even though these people don't think I'm succeeding? I say all the time, and even when we play sometimes, I say, the fact that I get to do what I love I am succeeding every day. I am winning. I mean, I am. I get to do what I love. And who cares if someone says, oh, you know, you're not um, selling out arenas. Hey, if that's meant to be, it'll be. And and I'm going to continue doing what I love and being happy in the moment. Because if I say I'm not going to be happy until this, then once you get there, there's something inside that's not that's not there. And so I think a lot of these dudes are, they can't, they couldn't be with someone like me. Because... They need way too much attention and mm-hmm. from so many different people. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to be enough for someone. And I am enough. And I know that. Absolutely. So if I'm not, peace out, Brussels sprout, jellyfish away. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever dated a volleyball player? No, that either. I haven't. A lot of, well, you know what's funny is, I mean, it, it's not a girl sport. It's not. But in, in Florida, there was, no, there was no boys volleyball team. Oh. Um, I'm really into sports, by the way. You can totally tell. Right? I know everything about sports. But I mean, I would love, I would love to have someone that is uh, kind of passionate about that too. I mean, I love, I love volleyball so much that that would be awesome. See, I did when um, when I first moved to town. I was on those stupid apps like Tinder and Bumble or whatever mm-hmm. because I was I was 18. I wasn't in college. I didn't know how to meet people, and I was writing with people, but they were older or they were married or whatnot they yeah. weren't my age and so I did meet one dude and we played volleyball we peppered and he was a really nice guy but again wasn't it wasn't yeah. for me but um mm-hmm. you know I, I I'm open to the right guy just uh, I'm just waiting what do you envision for yourself down the road do you think that you'll have children or do you see yourself not going that route I honestly have no idea do you have mm-hmm. a five-year plan for when you're 30 not really. Maybe just like four more dogs. True artist right Good there. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the plan is to not really plan, is to continue to grow. I mean, I want to, I just want to get a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, I was talking to Jerry, some dude that's in mm-hmm. our uh, gypsy band as well. He's an incredible harp player. Mm-hmm. He's, we all know him. We he's awesome. Him. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he blows my mind. He does this solo in one of my songs that uh, Evan Hutchings produced mm-hmm. uh, called Lock and Key. And I wrote it with a girl named Jessica Roadcap, and she's super duper talented. But, um, you know, he plays that, and and it's just so beautiful. My grandpa left me 
his harmonica and I want to play. I want to mm-hmm. learn and I have a mandolin under my bed that I kind of know a few chords and I just bought an electric guitar and I wanted to learn how to do leads and I want to learn the theory and I started um, taking piano lessons before I was on The Voice but that derailed when I was on yeah. The Voice because I couldn't continue and then you know it was just like here you are living this life and planning to move to Nashville when you turn 18 but then boom now you know everyone's saying you need to go on tour you need to do this you need to and it's like you have all these different people telling you what you need to do I just I do want, what you want to do right and I want yeah. it for, I think for the first time in my life and I know I've said this recently the first time in my life I'm figuring it out and I'm figuring what I want and what I want to do and what's right for me and you know if there's somebody that I respect and I want their opinion I'll ask but mm-hmm. overall if if I'm not doing any harm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm that's happy. awesome. Yeah, who's the most famous person in your phone? Um, I have, and it could be famous that we don't even know why they're famous, but <laughs> to you. Well, I had Adam. I don't know if he changed his number, and then I have Kelsey Ballerini, but I'm sure she changed her number too. Um, Let's call it. Fudge no. <laughs> I saw her getting her nails done like about like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And I sat down like I was next to her and I just said, hey, like, how are you? And um, I saw her at a restaurant, too. And I like I was um, probably like two glasses of wine in and I just slid right into her booth. And I was like, Casey, you guys I met met her when I was 18 in Franklin. We sat at a we sat in a family friend's house in Franklin and we played songs back and forth. And she's an incredible writer. And. Um, we just, she was going to MTSU at the time and we just never really became friends. And that's, mm-hmm. that's cool. I mean, it's very, in that town, it's very, very hard to have mm-hmm. friends. And again, it's that whole, like, everybody's it, doing the same yeah, and fight to me. I, I just feel like there's room for everybody. I'm not, and this is probably bad. I'm not super competitive. I used to feel like I have to fight and have to be, you know, I want to win. And I don't feel like that anymore. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to be happy. I want to do my best and. I'm cool with that. So I think um, I think it's it's hard to kind of make friendships there. But I also think a lot of people have moved away. I've been there for seven years now. Yeah, they don't. Some people don't stay long. Yeah, majority of people don't. And you know, you were up there. I lived for a there while. for four years, and and people came and went quickly. Exactly. So uh, to they persist, give themselves like I have three weeks to to make it. And <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Good luck. Yeah. The seven year overnight success. Right. <laughs> exactly. Just, um, I did have a question from your dad. Okay, Faja. We love Dave. What part of the career do you like the most, the songwriting or the performing? If you had to pick, if you could just be a songwriter or just a performer, which one do you think you like the best? I think, you know, that's hard to say. Yeah. I think I would always write for myself just because it's something that I just, um, what's the word, inherently did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to me, connecting and going out there and singing and just feeling the energy of, you know, when we had all those people dancing this week. We had some good shows this week. Everyone was up on their feet, and they were smiling, and they were singing along, and it's just, that's incredible. It is. To, to bring people joy. Absolutely. What? I mean, that's so neat. So I think if I was just a songwriter, I would probably really miss performing. Mm-hmm. But if I was just performing, I would really miss writing songs. So... It, it's just something that I enjoy both. 50-50. And yeah. I, I don't think I could I don't think I could choose, but I just I love good music and I love good songs. That's why, you know, playing the music of Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac is incredible to me. I love those lyrics. Yeah. I feel like I'm one hundred percent on when I'm behind you and you're singing. Really? That's it's, awesome. It's it, it feels um I'm not nervous. Right. 
I know the show. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy, I actually have you in my monitors. I can hear you. Yeah. There's some people <laughs> I play with that I don't want to hear. Like, we'll turn that down Not in the you. mix. Not you. <laughs> oh, Sarah. <laughs> um, I must say, though, I get very tired of hearing myself. Saying, yeah. <laughs> well, I think even when I hear myself talk or when I hear myself recorded sometimes, it's it's weird. Everybody feels yeah, that way it about is. their voice. Like, I sound yeah. like that? I'm going to listen back to this and go, that guy's voice is horrible. <laughs> and it's me. <laughs> um, what's your favorite word? Hmm. You have a lot of neat little words, I noticed. I do. I have little years. phrases. I, um, I like fudgesicles. I say awesome sauce. I say she's I, I took your awesome sauce. I've been using yeah. it. <laughs> uh, Naturally, not on purpose. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a fun thing to say. I think it's it's cool to say these different words because I had someone, oh, and okay, probably my favorite though, this this is it, is fajitas. I'm being fajitas. I, there was this dude, and this is why, this is why I don't like, I okay, so I went on a couple days with this guy and I said I was being fajitas. Obviously, I'm not an idiot. I know the word right. is facetious. I'm very articulate. I'm educated. Like, no. <laughs> and so for him to be, he, he no. wrote, he texted me and he was like, you know, I'm very um, uh, like into grammar or something like that. And I wanted to be like, no, you can. S- <laughs> I was like, excuse me. I'm a wordsmith and you're using that word wrong. Right. And I was like, obviously, I'm I, I know what I'm I, I like to be silly and like you were trying to be cute. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying. I am cute. I mean, you know, it's like, I, mean, good. I appreciate it. So I, um, that was something that, like, I just don't like. Don't let people be who they are. And I love being silly. So fajitas is my favorite. And then I'll, um, you know, when I was on vacation with my my family, and I kept saying being fajitas, and my sister said, if you say fajitas one more time, <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, whoop you. And I looked at her, dead serious, and I said, Are you being cereal? Yeah. <laughs> she was not happy. Perfect. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I know the answer to this one, but I want to ask it anyway. Okay. On a scale from one to ten, how weird are you? Probably ten. Yeah, okay. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> this one has nothing to do with songwriting, but because you're a songwriter, I want to hear how how you say how you answer this question. Okay. Describe the color yellow to somebody who is blind. It's joy and happiness and a feeling of love and warmth. That was pretty damn easy. I would have been here for about 10 minutes trying to describe that. Absolutely. Well, I was just staring at her glasses. Me too, and they're yellow. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, All right, one more little funny ditty here. A penguin walks through the door right now wearing a sombrero. Mm -hmm. What does he say? Oh, goodness. I immediately think of Robin Williams from Happy Feet. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? He's yeah. like, uh, I did it my way. Like, and he was all those little penguins. I just feel like it would be Robin Williams reincarnated. And he would just say something funny. Great answer. Any questions that you have for Casey? Well. Do we want to talk about either of those songs I played? We do. You know what? You should be the host of this show. But you know what, though? <laughs> I forgot we played them already. Here's the thing is I really want to hear just obviously the voice is something that is pretty much it's just attached to you, right? Right. How do you feel about that? And how do you feel the experience was as a whole? Because 
I guess as far as I'm concerned, too, I'm not a fan of reality right. TV. I don't even watch these shows, and either. I'm a singer. Right. I watch America's so, Got Talent, but... Yeah, I don't watch it. Yeah, that is other things. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, my thing about reality TV shows, uh, singing one specifically, is that if you have tried for 30 years to make it and you really, really want to do this and you've been trying that hard, go ahead and audition. Mm-hmm. But again, there's a lot of people that say they're singers that say they're songwriters and say that they want to be a performer. They want fame. What right. does this mean? It means sure you do. Okay. Or yeah. sure you are. Like I say all the time, you can say you're a songwriter and it until you're blue in the face and it doesn't make you one. It doesn't. Um, but I think that so many people are looking for fame because it's going to bring them this feel like feeling of being loved or fulfilling them or something. And, uh, a lot of people go on those TV shows so that people know them. I want the people that hear my songs organically or are searching and find a song or a voice that they, they connect to to be my fans. And I want Casey Weston fans, not fans that, oh, you were on a TV yes. show? Exactly. Or, oh, you know Adam Levine? Same you with know the boyfriends. What? Same with the boyfriends. Exactly. Right. Like, Adam Levine is a coach on a TV show. Mm-hmm. He's, you think after how many 3,000 seasons that they've had so far that he stays in touch with all those people? No. Do you think that he really coaches them? I mean, do you really think that? I mean, I'm just posing questions here. Does he give them Mm -hmm. guitar picks? Right, yeah. (laughs) Or a Rolex. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, I I don't know. I just, I feel like so many of those shows are, it's it's not a singing show. It's about selling ads for a TV channel. For a channel. Um, And it's about the coaches Adam was not a household name. Blake Shelton was not a household name. Christina was the only one that was really known. CeeLo. In, in their fields they were, but not globally in right. all different I mean, genres. Yeah, yeah. They, they were respected and they're all awesome, but that was something that blew up their career. Yep. Huge. They became A-list, and that's incredible for them. But let's not play that the, the shows are about creating an artist that's going to make it from a TV show. There's some that have made it from American Idol, but show me one that wasn't on Blake Shelton's team that has had any sort of career. Right. Blake actually is pretty great about um, supporting them. Supporting yeah. them. Yeah. He's still like he he helps them. He connects them. And that's and I think that's incredible. I say that's awesome sauce and good yep. for them. And but I, I think that a lot of those TV shows, a lot of people just want fame. And I just want to do what I love. And again, I want to be able to um, live a very full, normal life. And still do what I love. And I think that I'm able to do that now. And to whatever degree uh, God has that planned for me, mm-hmm. um, I'm cool with it. I think that's very, very inspiring. Even just for me, it's yeah. inspiring. Yeah. So speaking of inspiration, though, what would you say, say you had a student who's maybe 12. Right. What would you say to that student to help basically help them build their music career right. and get them kind of off of the ground as far as songwriting goes or singing, things like that? You Is there anything that you would specifically share with them? You wouldn't recommend a uh, reality show. No. <laughs> oh, that would be a no. Yeah. 
See, I always say, and I've had, a, a, you know, after different festivals, I'll be like at the signing booth, signing CDs, and mm-hmm. sometimes I have young boys and girls come up to me and say, I want to do what you're doing. Yeah. I want to be a singer. I want to be yeah. a performer, too. Uh, what do I need to do to, to, to get where you are? And I say, before anything else, before anything, you have got to love it. Mm-hmm. Because if not, it's... It's not all rainbows and sunshine and butterflies. No. So if you're if you're loving what you do, then it's got to be enough. And so that's that's where it first starts. And then where where you invest your love and your time, then it's going to grow. For me, I have done thousands and thousands and thousands of shows, I believe. I have traveled all over the country when I was 18 to 21 in a car by myself lugging suitcases, a blender into different <laughs> hotel rooms, um, different motels with like, um, you know, sometimes very creepy people watching me go mm-hmm. into these hotel rooms as a young woman. Questionable alone. linens. Yeah, you know, just, um, it's not all just magical. And people have this um, illusion They of, see the performance, they think that's all it is. Right. There's so much behind there the There is so much get down in the mud and grinds. Yep. And... It's gonna it, and it's gonna be worthwhile to you if you do love it because those moments of getting up on that stage and seeing people dance around and someone say, "Man, you know, you just crushed that." It's like, well, you know, I have put in ten thousand hours mm-hmm. and yep. I've still want to put in hundred thousand more. You know, I I want to get better and I want to do that for me because I want to bring joy and it brings me joy to bring people joy. So I just say love it, love it, love it and that's, you know, that that's got to be enough. Yep, I love that. I have one, one more, more question. One more. I have something I'm dying I'm to so ask. Much okay. fun. Well, why ask- don't you go cuz I'll remember. Okay, you remember. We or I got to I don't think you saw it yet. Um, Nick Fabian oh, just I love had a him. song come out. Yeah. And you're in his video. Yes. And the song is awesome. Isn't he it? He is great. He's incredible. I didn't know who he was until I saw this video. Okay, I have a confession. What's that? So, when we were in the car earlier going to go get coffee. You did talk. <laughs> we talked, and we talked about him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I watched the video. Oh, you did see the video. Well, I fast-forwarded so, to the part, the where, important where you, part. Where you show up? Yes. I'm the, with the, the box of candy? Part. The best part. Box of chocolates? Yes. So, anyway, we... So, you... <laughs> Both beautiful women lied to me. <laughs> we fibbed a little. All right. I'll note, make a note about that. Um, Nick wants to know, when are you going to release all of your freaking awesome music? Mm. And is he cool enough to be in your music video? Okay. Oh, Nick. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yes, of course. What do you have in the works? Do you of have some you're music cool you're going to release soon? or? <sighs> Or are you just doing yeah. singles like most people I, are just doing yeah, singles? Yeah, I want to I do singles. I've got so many songs that I love so much. And, you know, I, I've played, I, I play a lot. We'll go get um, waffle fries at Chick-fil-A, Nick and I. And um, he has this mm. aux cord in his car, that his truck that never works. And I try <laughs> to play him these songs, you know, that, that I, I want him to listen to and tell me what he thinks. And it's just so difficult because it goes in and out, in and out. But I, uh, <laughs> that's what she said. But, um... I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm ready to put out new music when when my management contract's up in March. Uh, I'm ready to I'm ready to go. And 
I need my my thing is social media. I am not the best. I'm not the best at, but music I totally love, and I have to find someone that can uh, really produce the sound I want. I want to mm-hmm. go. I want to go rock. I want to have fun. I you know like. Well, you did country stuff, and then you did um, a little more pop. A little more pop. The last one. Yeah. Um. So you want to go a little bit more rock now? Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I just I love El King. I love ZZ Ward. I, I yep. think they're but awesome. Raw. More but raw. raw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm. I. I don't know if anybody can tell from this. I kind of tell it like it is. I'm as real as you can kind of get, um, but without you know, You're hopefully not, not pissing yeah, people yeah, yeah, off. Exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm ready to release new music, and I'm very excited. I got a bunch going on, and of course, Nick will be my love interest in every video, <laughs> so he can count on that. You know what's funny though is he's got this big red truck, and when we were doing that video. He did. He went to like pull it around, and he got it stuck in the mud. <laughs> and him and three dudes, the other two camera dudes, are trying for about twenty minutes to get it out. Get it out of the mud. I go back up. I get in the. I get in the truck. Get no. I get it out. <laughs> Boom. Awesome. Awesome. That's one boss biatch. That's perfect. So I think of myself as being a fairly awkward person, <laughs> and I think since you rated yourself a ten on the weird scale. Uh-huh. Maybe you have those moments as well. So can you tell me about one of the most awkward times you've ever had? Maybe it would be on stage, maybe in front of somebody famous. Maybe in a car, silent, not speaking for 10 minutes. I've had a lot of, like, quote-unquote embarrassing moments. (laughs) Uh, Starting with the voice, when when I went to audition... I was running up the stairs with my guitar in my hands and I tripped and they're following you up with a like a uh. camera and I was wearing a little black dress so you can just fill in oh. the blanks oh, there. No. And Blake Shelton, that. Christina Aguilera, and CeeLo were already all turned around so they saw it. Oh, wow. They saw, they saw my collapse and they were like, whoa. I mean, everyone was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm I want to see that tape. I know, right? They said they had some uh, laughs in the editing room but uh, that was one and then one time, I think it was at... Um, the Everglades Seafood Festival, mm-hmm. I said on stage, and I was trying to say how um, I was like a risk taker kind of, or that I was able to take chances, and I said, I have big balls. No! <laughs> yeah. In the microphone, in front of thousands of people. So that really went over well. Stretch. How did you accidentally Stretch. say that? I just don't know. I just start wow. talking, and it's just... <laughs> have you, like There's this Michael Scott quote um, from The Office, and I love The Office. I'm obsessed with it. He says, sometimes I start a sentence, and I have no idea where it's going. I just kind of keep on going until I find myself. And that's kind of the way I am. I just keep on talking, Ugh. and then I'm hopefully going to find my point somewhere along the line. Perfect. Bring yeah. it back. Bring it back. Bring it around town. <laughs> that was a great answer. I love that. This is Music Studio Live. And the other song we did. Can't do it. Can't do it. So that is um, a little shout out to um, a lot of people in... Was it social media that triggered that one? Um, no, I think it was mostly the music business mm-hmm. to me. In general. Okay. Um, there are so many young women, young dudes, um, older dudes, older women that are pursuing this career. And um, I kind of want to say sit down and get out of my way. Without being mean, but it's like, you can't do it like I can. Why are you doing this? Like, find what you're good at and do it. Mm -hmm. Music Studio Live presents Casey Weston performing Can't Do It. (laughs) 
when I walk through the door It's my guarantee to run up the score The chances I'm taking, I'll make it or break it I live for that rock and roll No bringing me down, I'll run this goddamn town I'm constantly in control Let people say what they want For more information on Casey Weston, visit her website at caseyweston.com. This is Music Studio Live. Well, Casey, this has been a pleasure. 
thank you for uh, being our first episode guest. Well, thank you yeah, for thank having you. me, guys. I and love you both. This we love you, and, and I'll play with you anytime you need me to play. Thank you. In any capacity. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, guys. I'm your guest today on Music City Live. Music Studio, Studio Live. Yeah. Music Studio. Oh. Yeah, Music Studio. <laughs> Sorry, that's too <laughs> Do it real quick before we start, because... All right, now the podcast is starting. I just, I feel phlegm. It's so <clears throat> annoying. It's like... All right, here we go. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta look in the camera, too. I don't look in the camera. Oh, that was funny. Hey guys, hope you're doing great out there. No, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, hope you're awesome out there. Out there, why am I saying out there? It's like we're in outer space yeah. or something. <laughs> what the f Meow meow.